Welcome back to another episode of My Life in a Poem podcast. I am your host, Angelina, and on this podcast, we discuss poetry, codependency, trauma, healing, and the tea behind the poetry. So if you like all of that stuff, keep listening. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of My Life in a Poem podcast. On this episode, I want to share with y'all a poem I wrote called Big Brother. And I feel like this poem really encompasses where I am in my life, kind of my background, and just the different things that we go through as Black people and especially Black women in America. So here we go. This is called Big Brother. Big Brother, I hate to break your beliefs, but you are not a bulletproof black man. Your deaf ears are not those of Batman. They will stop you from hearing the pull of a trigger when you're covered in your favorite black hoodie. And the police will gun you down when they see your invisible wings attached. They try to break your wings when they called you black. Can't they see your charcoal skin filled with melanin is a compliment? As if your night skin makes you any less invincible. Brother, they'll tell you that you are not bulletproof because you do not speak words, but your lips move. They'll tell you that your muffled sounds and sign language are inadequate. That mama birthing a bipolar premature deaf baby at 13 was a mistake that slipped through the cracks. They'll forget to mention that you missed death five times. Like that time when that 70-year-old lady was going 70 and broke your thigh in five places. Or when we were standing in the projects and you felt like we was being complacent. You took the keys and drove mama's car right into the gated community fence. You always kept our neighbors on the fence. Or that time when you confused mama and your sisters with the bad guys on TV. You saw me and your sisters as your enemies. You had to take us down like Hope did Red King. And when the police showed up, all they saw was hate in your eyes. <laughs> when they gunned you down and we had to explain that you couldn't hear them say freeze. All I heard mama say was, don't shoot. That's my baby. You gained your strength and walked away from that shit as if you had nine lives. And they'll tell you nine lies. So you won't realize that you are the rose that grew from the concrete. But they'll try to tell you that your schizophrenia is just a black thing. But we knew that it was God's way of the predestined failure of the death reversing surgery. It is not that your ears are sewn shut to make you weak but they protect you from hearing about the black men not bulletproof enough to protect themselves from the police. <laughs> so you'll never have to hear the names of Manuel Lodgins, Ronald Madison, Sean Bell, Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, Alton Sterling, ring in your ears like the sirens in Little Rock at 12 p.m. on Wednesday, reminding you that someday there will be an emergency and these are just the alerts to see if the alarm is working. <laughs> reminding you that when and if the genocide arises against black people, we will have to be ready. 
but they will tell you that you are not a bulletproof man, that your ears are not those of Batman. They'll try to make you believe that your ears are too weak to protect you from the police, that your mental impairments are just a black thing, but your mental and physical states really keep you safe. They are the powers that protect you from this discriminating hate we reside in. Big brother, you are my bulletproof black man. Y'all, that poem was about my brother. My brother is about 31 now. He just turned 31 this, this month in April. And everything I said in that poem was true. Everything really happened. Um, he was born premature. He was born with bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. And it's been something he's been battling with his whole life. He's also deaf um, and he cannot talk. So he uses sign language. So I basically said in that poem that while my brother does have all of these impairments, there's also this sense of safety and obliviousness that he has to protect him from hearing about all of the horrors of the world. We also don't have to listen. We also don't know his experience of dealing with all the impairments that he has. So I'm not saying the, gr the grass is greener on either side. I'm just saying that there are different experiences based on a person's ability and race and gender. And so um, one thing I wanted to bring awareness to based on that poem is just the Black people that are being killed on the streets by police officers. Um, I would just like to stand in a moment of silence for Breonna Taylor. There is still no justice brought to her. Let's say her name. Let's have a moment of silence for her right now. Thank you. So, wow. Um, I wanted to share this poem with y'all because I kind of wanted to talk about some things that I've been experiencing as a Black woman living in a Southern state of the United States of America. And though the experience that I have is pretty unique, uh, but as we know in the world right now, Black people and other people that are in the minority groups are experience, experiencing racism all day long. So one experience that I can speak to that is unique to me is the microaggressions in the workplace. And so I've noticed that I cannot show up as my full self. And I watched, I was looking into it because y'all know I'm always doing some research whenever it's something that I need to know more about, or maybe I'm curious about it. Like I said in my last uh, podcast episode, how to improve yourself, whenever there's something that I don't know how to do, or I'm curious about, or it's an experience I'm having, I'm researching it. So I researched microaggressions, Black women and just the experiences. And one TED Talk I came across was a TED Talk by, by Jody Ann Beery called Why You Shouldn't Bring Your Full Self to Work. And she basically gives this analogy that imagine you're being invited to a Halloween party. And your friend is like, oh, just, just come as you are. You know, come as yourself. You don't have to uh, dress up or anything like that. No pressure. 
So you come, you put on this nice little outfit, you thinking you look good, you show up to the Halloween party as yourself. And you get there and you realize that there's a costume contest that you were unaware of because you were told you didn't have to wear a costume. And so you get there and everybody else has on a costume. And so now you realize that you're out of place because you don't have on a costume. You are being talked to differently, made fun of, and you can't even compete in the game because you don't have on a costume. Jody Ann Bury says that that is the Black person's experience in America. We cannot come to work without a costume on because it is literally a survival instinct. We can't even compete in a game if we don't wear a costume, right? We cannot come as our full self our Ebonic speaking self, our uh, African roots self. We cannot do that. We have to use this grammatically correct English and we have to constantly think about how we're saying things and how they're coming across because whatever you say in the workplace can and will be used against you no matter whoever you are. But for Black people, that literally means not coming to work as your full self. The things that you may talk about at work are not the things you talk about at home. And it's just really sad that that is the reality. And so while, you know, just being Black in America, we have to protect ourselves because there is a real threat, right? There is a, a real power force where people can abuse their power and literally shoot us on the streets and get away with it. There's also this survival instinct of, well, the way I talk, the way I wear my hair, the, the things I talk about, the things I speak up about now directly affect my money. So I also have to survive in that way too. And it just uh, is cringy, honestly. And it's made me think about do I even want to work for someone else? Do I want to play this game for someone else? Making someone else rich. So, of course, I started listening to um, entrepreneurship videos. I started getting into how can I work for myself? And I listened to this three-hour audiobook called Rich Dad, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Y'all, best three and a half hours of my life, free on YouTube. And he really pushes the idea that any job that you have, you should not be working for money. When you work for money, you're going to be miserable. And also, that means you're being bought. What's your price? How much is it? 80000 100000 How much will you sell your soul for? Will you push parts of yourself down for Will you play at this costume party for? How much are you worth? Robert Kiyosaki says that you should work for yourself. You can work at a job, but you using that time is for yourself. You're gaining skills. He worked at a multi, uh, what you, multi-level marketing uh, firm because he wanted to learn how to market. But the end goal was so that he could market for himself. I currently work in HR. 
My end goal is to learn how I can leverage my own business and to recruit, do the HR paperwork, and I'm learning a whole new skill for myself. That also brings me to the Upgrade um, YouTube channel. And I started listening to that channel and I watched this video called How Not to Hate Your Job. And I cannot remember her name, but it's called The Upgrade. And I'll have the audiobook to Rich Dad, Poor Dad linked below. I'll have the TED Talk by Jody Ann Bury links below. And I'll also have this Upgrade, The Upgrade channel um, video called How Not to Hate Your Job linked below. Because these are three things that have really helped me just dealing with the microaggressions and the injustices and this rat race of a just corporate America that we live in. But in the upgrade, she talks about how you getting a job um, should be like, in order to not hate your job, you should also be looking at it like, what is this job? What is this job doing for me? What am I getting from this job? She talks about looking at it like I'm gaining skills she talked about making sure that you have something to look forward to while you're at work, not overworking, getting paid to do what you do. And that is it because you're getting the same paycheck as everybody else. Don't be going above and beyond. She also talks about having an end date. If this if you know I only want to be here for a few years, go ahead and have that end date. Write up that two year in advance resignation letter that will motivate you. She also talks about taking as many breaks as possible, using all of your PTO, and finding little joys while you're in the workplace, like listening to a podcast or watching a video. I will say for me right now, um, it's definitely having my 30-minute break and just investing in a entrepreneur video, investing in a, a money makeover video. Like Those are the things that I'm really finding out to be my hobbies right now. Because y'all know I was on my self-love journey for a long time. My earlier podcast episodes really reflect that. And in this part of my life, I am on this money train, okay? <laughs> I am trying to start my own business. I will definitely give y'all more information about that later. Y'all know I'm graduating with my master's. So I'm really money-minded at the moment. And I will also show y'all uh, pictures of my graduation photos. They turned out wonderfully. And y'all let me know what you think about that. I want to know if anybody else uh, did anything wonderful for their college graduation. Um, or if you plan on going to college. Or if you plan on starting your own business. Like, let me know in the comments. What what y'all got going on? What are, you, what are your career or education goals? But that also brings me back to Robert Kiyosaki. And he says that what you should be doing, every opportunity, every job, anything you should be doing, you should be gaining an education. You should not be working for money. You should be working for skills. You should be working for education. Because the moment you work for money, you will be miserable. You can always be bought. And you're working for somebody else. And he also talks about when you're dead broke and when you don't have any money, that's when you find ways to make money. The one thing in his book that really stood out to me was, it is not uh, that you think about, I can't afford this. It's how can I afford this? And money is a resource. It's not even a real thing. It's literally an energy. It flows to you. It's always obtainable. 
So I'm ready to get on it. Um, I want to share one more thing with y'all. Ways that I cope with the microaggressions in the workplace is I am focusing on my end goal, <laughs> which is working for myself, making money for myself. Um, and maybe I want to do some consulting work. I'm doing my podcast. Now I'm on YouTube. But it's like, what am I doing to invest in myself, right? Me going to work is to fund what I want to do outside of work. That's it. So just having that perspective helps me cope. As y'all know, I promote therapy. I have a therapist. Um, I would say another thing that I do is I educate myself because education is power. So it's like the more you know, the more you realize how many options you have and you don't feel stuck at that job. It's like, huh, I could do this. I could do that. Like I have so many options. When you become educated, you are educated on those options and you don't feel like you have to be there. Being there is a choice. I would say another way is I mind my own business. And that's Robert Kiyosaki as well. He says, mind your own business. And he talks about it in more of a sense of making sure that whatever you do, you're, however hard you work for this company, you're working for yourself. But I'm going to also say, Whenever they have that other stuff going on, you know, at your job, you see different people being treated differently, right? You have to show up with your costume on in order to be taken seriously. I, I try my best to not worry about what other people have going on because all I can worry about is myself. Because while it may look like some people have privilege and they're getting the promotions and you're working harder and you're being ignored because you are black, because you are female, because you are a black male, you know, because you're young, because you're old, whatever the case may be, just as soon as they come up, they can come down. People are so replaceable. And if we spend much of our time focusing on what other people have going on, we will not be minding our own business. That means we will not be making money for ourselves. We will not be thinking about the skills we can gain today at work because we're so focused on, well, why is so-and-so treated differently than I am? Well, so-and-so has a different path than you have. And if you feel, and if you get to that point, so you know where it's a lot of injustices and you cannot deal with it, well, you spend so much of your time minding your own business financially in a way that is educational, in a way that, is focused on your own peace that you can leave that job and you take all of those skills you got from it. You take all of that experience you got from it. You take all of that networking you got from it and you go somewhere else. Whether that's making your own business, whether that's doing your contract work, or whether that's working for somebody else part-time and making more time for yourself. The moment we start focusing on ourselves and how can this benefit me instead of, well, you know, they're not doing, they're not doing right by me. It don't matter what they're doing. <laughs> it does not matter. So I'm going to leave that there. And I will see y'all on another episode of my life in a phone podcast. Bye.